Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes of public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the finest service organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio. And before we get to part one of my discussion with Dave Robertson, uh, a great conversation, I just want to take a few minutes to to mention a couple of things. One, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I know that 2020 and 2021 were, were tough years. Uh, and 2022 may be shaping up to be tough as well uh, for all of our public safety professionals. Uh, and, and on different levels, you know, obviously our police officers have had a rough time uh, after the George Floyd incident and some folks looking at law enforcement uh, in the same bucket uh, as, as being a problem like Derek Chauvin. And I know that isn't the case. Know that, that my heart is with you and I appreciate what you do, not just the officers themselves, but all law enforcement families out there. Uh, I know firefighters, EMTs, uh, and a lot of our ER professionals, other hospital professionals have gone through a version of hell with with COVID uh, over the last almost two years. And I appreciate what you do as well. Um, I think that this has been an unusually hard period of time for public safety professionals all over the United States and beyond. Uh, and I just want to let you know that that I'm with you, uh, that I feel you, uh, and I hope that you're able to either A, get some respite uh, at this Thanksgiving holiday, get some rest with your family. And for those folks um, that can't do that, for those folks that are working hard during the holiday while we're sitting and enjoying family and, and turkey and stuffing, uh, and you're out there working hard, thank you. Uh, I, I say a prayer for you and hope that you have a very safe holiday and get home to your family to celebrate Thanksgiving, even if it isn't on the specific day that you're able to celebrate uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at some point, uh, the holiday. Um, just know that you're very much appreciated, not only by me, uh, but by a lot of folks that I know, family, friends, and colleagues. So happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for what you do. And also, I wanted to make quick mention with the holiday season coming up, I had an awesome conversation with Scott and Liz Brown. Scott is a police officer and the author, uh, co-author, actually, of Facing Evil. Uh, I It's a true story, and, and I won't ruin it for you. I encourage you to listen to or watch the episode, which will be coming up in a few weeks uh, once I get a chance to edit it. Had a really great conversation with both of them, but wanted to mention that I've thumbed through a little bit of this. Thank you, <laughs> Scott and Liz, for sending me a copy, uh, and, and it is a terrific book. It's definitely hard-hitting. Uh, it's a tough story to read. Uh, for me as a civilian, and I'm sure it's tough for uh, officers and other first responders as well, uh, but for those folks that uh, with Christmas coming up, with the holidays coming up, um, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a hard book, but one that I think we really need to read at this time. So 
feel free and I encourage you to, to pick up a copy of Facing Evil by Scott Brown and Victoria Newman, uh, either for yourself or uh, possibly for a first responder or public safety professional in your family. Now, let's get to, after some of that heavy stuff, uh, let's get to what was a really insightful and really enjoyable conversation that I had with Dave Robertson. He is the owner of Fire Edge, uh, and he and I just really hit it off. Sometimes you schedule a half an hour for an episode, and you wind up talking for an hour. So with Thanksgiving coming up, I'm going to break this into two parts. Uh, So we're going to watch or listen to depending on what platform uh, you have public safety talk radio on uh, to part one of my interview with Dave Robertson. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Happy Thanksgiving. And here's part one. And we finally got another firefighter on. I, I know we've kind of focused a little bit more on the law enforcement end. You know, our roots are in police officers. And of course, we love our law enforcement, but we love all our public safety professionals, especially our firefighters that are, are doing one hell of a job out there in so many ways. Uh, but I have a former firefighter, actually a former fire chief turned entrepreneur. And this is going to be really interesting. Let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Dave Robertson, and he was the fire chief in Napa County, probably about maybe six hours from where I'm recording right now in California. Uh, But now he is the CEO and founder of Fire Edge. And we definitely want to hear about that. Uh, I can go on and on. But Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And, and as I said before the recording, that that axe is very intimidating behind you. <laughs> I've been told that every once in a while I'll move during during a Zoom meeting and it'll look like it's lodged in my head. <laughs> so <laughs> very quick, funny story, and then I wanna I wanna get to to your experience and it's in Fire Edge, especially. But you know, our friends at the Firefighters Credit Union Coalition sent out uh, an email, a pro email for First Responders Day here in the U.S., and they put a picture up on that email with a firefighter, law enforcement professional, and I believe an EMT, and the axe that the firefighter was holding looked like it was going into the head of the police officer. And, and I know the gentleman that, that runs and has founded that organization. I said to the able, I go, hey, dude, you know, why is the axe in the head of the police officer? Really? <laughs> Can't we all just get along? <laughs> and, we, and we do. You know, my, my best friend for years was, uh, was a cop. We sadly, we lost him uh, to cancer. Uh, but uh, yeah, just, and one of, absolutely uh uh one of the best men out there um uh you know nod nod to mike emboli up there yeah. uh but mike mom. always uh yeah the large sarge he was six seven six eight big man big guy uh yeah and uh and then i'll tell you a very quick story and then we'll get into the questions Please. Sorry about that. i've told so, you enough stories already go ahead <laughs> tell your story take as much time as you want so the town that he worked in, it had uh, it had a gritty bar, um, you know, we'll, we'll call it gritty or rustic <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the kind of place I go to. Yeah. And um, 
uh, and it it uh, place is called Smitty's, although maybe I shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> shout out to Smitty's. Whoever's watching, hey Smitty's. <laughs> Dan, but, there's know, probably even, like a thousand Smitty's across the United that's States. Very and Canada, true. So anyhow, that's very continue. true. Let's hear more about Smitty's. <laughs> so exactly, it's actually in California, um, okay. but uh, um, Smitty's would get a little rough, and bartender would call the police, and pretty much Mike just had to show up in the door because he would just kind of fill the door. And everything would just calm right down. So yeah, he was uh, he was a he was a big guy. But Mike, um, I, I came very close to becoming a cop because of Mike. Yeah. Uh, but he always joked with me. He said, "Dave, there's there's two kinds of cops: those that become firemen and those that wish they did." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm gonna use that one. I've, I've I've never heard that one before. You know, I I need I need a firefighter joke because you know I I've worked with more police officers than I have firefighters. Just nature of of my business and the running joke is is always something to the effect of you know firefighters have a chance to run all kinds of businesses and start things because they only work one out of every three days. <laughs> yeah and again there's there's truth in all humor truth it's, in all humor so yeah <laughs> exactly i'm talking to uh, another firefighter later today I'll, I'll see what he thinks of that but um to segue you know you did take some time to become an entrepreneur um to start fire edge tell us a little bit about that journey from being a firefighter professional fire chief to you know starting fire edge you know, uh, it's it's interesting because I hope so because you know we got some high. Yeah. <laughs> because that's why we're no, here. No, you know it's, it's really not that interesting. Okay, you know, hey, thanks for thanks for showing up. Thanks that's for tuning the in. Show. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I never, I never, I, I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I see that it it's kind of it's been seamless from my actual response time uh, to what I do now, and it's because I I deal directly with. Um, uh, jurisdictions and, and, and chiefs, and of course, people that are trying to get into the job. Um, uh, so be that training at an academy or coaching somebody through the whole application process. And it's something I've always done. Uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of training, I've, I've taught at uh, paramedic academies, and I certainly don't mean this as, you know, rah, rah, Dave, but it's, sure. it is very much in my resume. Um, uh, paramedic academies, a couple of training cadres at, uh, at state academies, California state academies, um, uh, you know, community outreach training, uh, in-service training for, for the fire departments that I work with, um, and eventually became a uh, training officer in Napa County. So that, that, you know, so now I'm just, I'm just training with my own shingle hanging on the door, yeah. basically. Um, firemen love, T-shirts and belt buckles, <laughs> right? Okay. okay. I love the cool belt buckles. And, you know, it's always their department. It's usually made out of old brass from, from the old brass couplings. And sure. they, they get them melted down, the old brass couplings on the hose, and have them made into belt buckles. So they like like the belt buckles. They like T-shirts. And so I'd be wearing a fire T-shirt when I was out in, in civilian life all the time. And people would notice me. So I'm out shopping. And invariably, someone say, oh, are you a fireman? Yeah. You know, my son, Joe has been trying to become a firefighter and he's having problems. Well, have Joe call me, you know, my cousin, Mike, 
Um, sometimes it's the person themselves. I, I am stuck. I, I've been trying for a number of years. I don't know what to do. And so I was just helping uh, either coach or mentor, because those are sure. you know, two different things, um, for a number of years before I decided to uh, step into it as a business, really. So it's been, it's been seamless, um, uh, that, that journey. Um, it's just, I'm just doing more of it now. And I, and I would like to believe uh, uh, just on a sheer mileage, I've, I've gotten uh, better at it. I definitely have gained some insights in, sure. in the application process because, man, the application process, I'm really not too familiar with, with uh, uh, the uh, police becoming a cop. But um, in the fire service, typically, if, they're gonna, if a jurisdiction is going to hire 10, they're usually taking in somewhere in the ballpark of 1,000 applications yeah. of, of very qualified uh, uh, individuals. Um, and so the, the process, it's a bear. Mm-hmm. And in the last two years, the last three years, uh, I've really I've gained a lot of insights into that. So that would be about the only thing that's really changed from when I did it when I was in uniform. To, to me doing it now, but I'm just doing more of the same because I love it. I'm, you know, really, really love it. Very much driven by passion on this one. Coming this March 27th through the 29th, 2022 in Savannah, Georgia is the first public safety business summit, a program specifically created for organizations that serve first responders. What you will experience is a high level of networking and collaboration among like-minded leaders who are in the business of serving first responders. What you won't get are a series of boring lectures with no interactivity, ridiculous golf outings that are only appealing to a few attendees, or a couple of retreaded subjects that you can hear at any credit union league event that are just thrown into the curriculum. We offer an engaging agenda where attendees even help to determine the content during the actual conference based on their unique needs. If you run a business, a credit union, or a nonprofit that specifically serves first responders, then the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. For more information, go to www.policecreditunions.com or call 331 300 9889. We hope to see you in Savannah on March 27th, 28th, and 29th of 2022. Yeah, I I can tell um as some of the folks that listen to the show. Um, no, I think I mentioned this a couple of times for a very, and I want to stress this very, very brief period in my life. Um, I considered being a firefighter and took, you know, probably about a half dozen tests in the Chicagoland area where I'm from um, in my early 20s. Uh, I was in much better shape then. Uh, I passed all the physical tests with flying colors, even being afraid of heights. I even wow walked up that damn ladder that isn't even sitting up next to a building. You know, looking at sky, I even did that. Uh, but I was never really good at physics and chemistry, especially physics. You know, you show me, you know, a page with, you know, 27 and a half pulleys and you gotta have <laughs> like, no, oh. that's, that's okay. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys go do that. That's, that's cool. Uh, plus, plus somebody told me that, you know, if the fire chief tells you to jump, you, the only question you ask is how high it was never really my yeah. thing. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'll go into business. <laughs> 
<laughs> Were you that kind of fire chief? <laughs> you know, I, I think when I was a training officer and a captain, um, I found I barked at people too much. I mean, that's that's huh, it's so funny you asked that question specifically because uh, it's something I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm reflecting on on the things that I've done because uh, I've got some gray hair now. I don't have that. I don't have that gray hair. Maybe a little hair. <laughs> you got you got a little in there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, and and, uh, and I'm like, wow, I I was kind of a, oh, a bit of a jerk every once in a while. Just hmm. um, uh, when it came to safety uh, issues, I felt like I was justified in really barking at someone. And um, I had uh, in one training cadre, I worked with uh, with an ex marine. Um, and it was, 30, I think it was either 35 or 40 recruits. And he pulled me aside one day and said, you know, they're, they're kind of afraid of you. And I'm like, hmm. me, the, the Canadian guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, if I was, if I was on skates, you know, that's a different animal. Yeah. Uh, that's where we get, that's why we're all so nice. We get all of our frustrations out of the uh-huh, ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something I've really, I've changed quite a bit is, uh, is I've calmed down. I don't, I, but I was never that kind of chief and I was, and I was not chief for very long. Uh, oh, and I do want to stress, I was not the chief of Napa County. I was a chief of a Napa chief. County. Correct. It's a Napa County, I think is the only County in California. It's, um, it's, it's an odd setup. Uh, Napa County is a, uh, uh, so it is a fire department. It's an actual body, it, you know, its own administration and everything, but it's staffed by Cal Fire. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. They call, I forget, it, it uh, schedule, schedule A or something or schedule three, I think is what, what it's called. It's a very, it's an, and then even further than that, some of the stations belong to the town. So you could actually mm-hmm. have um, the Yauntville Fire Station, which was, uh, which was run by the Napa County Fire Department. And staffed by Cal Fire, so it was like these three administrations that had their yeah. hand in, and it was it was an interesting setup, for sure. Interesting. Well, yeah. you know, I've you know having experienced Cal Fire, while I've joked through a good portion of this conversation, uh, which is in my view just good entertainment. I'll get back. Yeah, to I know, jo- absolutely. I love yeah, it. And, I'll, and I'll get back to joking. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, it's been my experience here in California that Cal Fire just busts their ass. Oh. Um and in and so many ways. And I, you know, I had one brief experience with them. Um and they were of the utmost professionalism when we, you know, had a little health scare with a family member. It turned out to be nothing, but they they came out and they were really really top-notch professional guys um and friendly the only reason i'm saying guys is there were no no women in that particular crew that came to help yes. us otherwise i would say get guys and gals but yeah definitely um all kidding aside a huge shout out to cal fire they 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 kick ass they they do an awesome awesome job yeah and and you know and part of that is they have such a serious uh vetting process to, with, mm. so the applicants that get in there um, and I find that actually for most fire departments, especially the urban fire departments um, and Cal Fire, which again is a different animal because it's it's uh, you know it's, sure. it's the world's largest fire department. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was not aware of that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, world's largest fire department, and um, uh, and their vet, vetting process. You know the 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 whole fire application process, like I've already mentioned, is already 
it's a tough one. It is incredibly yeah. hard. So when you get down to those last few applicants, when you're when you're hiring 10 and you're interviewing maybe 30 or 40, they are elite. Uh, so the ones that do get that the, those 10 positions, that one, the one magical position, they're there's something else. Cal Fire takes that just a couple of notches higher. Um, so yeah. So that's it's great to hear that you had a good experience. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I hope that I don't ever have to come across or, yeah, or deal, with, deal with Cal Fire again. Not that I don't love you guys and gals. I just would rather not have to have that experience. But the one that I did was extremely positive. Uh, let's get back to Fire Edge. Um, and I'll get back to my joking smart ass way. Yeah. Is, is there enough damn training out there in the United States and Canada for firefighters? You know, why do we need fire edge? You know, tell, tell us that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, it is totally a fair question. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose this opportunity to explain fire edge though so yeah, so and then and then i'll answer your your question because it's a it's a great question i think it needs to be asked so fire edge um it's not hey here's a here's a cool fire ish name for for a training company it's a term that goes back to some of the first um heat forged fire forged before the whole formalized blacksmithing really was really a thing uh and it would give warriors uh, an edge that was sharper and lasted longer. So it actually did give them an edge hmm. um, in battle. And so I likened that to uh, working with me kind of gives applicants that edge. Um, you know, it's, you're just going to be, you're going to be a little bit sharper. You're going to be a little more resilient than any of the other candidates. And so you're going to get into that interview room and hopefully hit home runs after, uh, after working with me. So that's kind of where the name comes from. Or a hat um, trick for your Canadian friends, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Go Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, absolutely. Duncan Keith is my favorite player. Oh, you know, I'd give you a hug if I wanted to do this in person. Go ahead. <laughs> that guy, he's just, he's something else. I love the Blackhawks. Um, you know. uh, I, I, I knew I picked my interviewees properly. <laughs> <laughs> Must have just been an instinctual thing, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, the goalie, um, so they just they just brought on uh, Fleury. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I can't help it. It's Canadian talking yeah. about hockey, and then we'll answer the question. But it, it's important. So he, uh, as a nod with his mask, you know, they they uh, design their own masks, right? And he's got, um, he's got. I think it's seven feathers, which are which are yes. which is a nod to the seven, the seven truths or the seven wisdoms of of how to mm -hmm. live your life. There's a nod to Chief Blackhawk on yeah. his mask, uh, it, like it's, it, I, and there's an acknowledgement to our use of the, of their lands hmm. as well. And I was like, wow, what a, that was a classy thing to do. Yeah. Um, in, in, in a situation that's, you know, it's a little, hmm, a little yeah, dicey. that's, yeah, that's interesting. Cause being a Blackhawks fan, I watched most of the games that I remember noticing that mask. Um, and I didn't know the, the significance to it. I remember saying, Hey, cool mask, but I, I didn't understand the thought process on it, you know, completely irrelevant and unnecessary for our show, but yeah, thanks for mentioning it because yeah, it, yeah. it was interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple Blackhawks fans that are going to listen to this. So probably, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, are there enough, um, coaches out there? You know, uh, the simple answer is there's not enough good coaches out there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to training, the actual practical stuff, Ken, 
I think most people that get into that are pretty solid. There, I can think of a couple of examples, but those examples where they aren't very solid or rare, usually people that get into the hands-on stuff are, are they're, they're driven by passion. They're very good at what they do. Um, you know, they've got, they've got mileage. Uh, they've got, of course, certifications and, and, and whatnot. So, but on the coaching side of things, that's a different animal. Um, and, and yet another reason why I got into this is, uh, frankly, I saw these, these wide-eyed candidates, right? This 21, 24, 27 year old, like trying to find their way. This is what I think I want to do with my life and, or, or it's their passion. This is definitely what I want to do with my life and, uh, and, and get built basically. Um, uh, and it, and it disappoints me that there are people out there like that. They're in every business. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think that, that uh, uh, coaching uh, specific to, to the fire service is any different but um but i'll talk to some of these uh, uh clients of mine after they've been to somebody else and i'll say so what what was your experience before and they say well here's some of the interview questions they worked with me on and here's what they told me to do and and you can just hear in the questions that the coach is just cutting and pasting from google mm. um and then taking a lot of money from these kids so, so I don't, I'm not in this for the money. I'm, I'm in this to help them, number one. And I'm in this to help the fire service because in my, in my little corner of the world, I want to, I, I have this vision of populating the fire service with nothing but great candidates. Mm -hmm. So, um, so are there enough? There's not enough good ones. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That we could definitely dive down the rabbit hole of, coaching in general uh and sifting through that because there are some very good ones in many different industries and others not so much so definitely buyer beware but you talked about your little corner of the world so i'm going to segue a little bit off the track but you you served as a firefighter professional in california and you are now in Canada. It sounds like you're originally from Canada. Yeah, tell us how that worked. You know, you're obviously Canadian because you love hockey, but, you know, continue. <laughs> I had a friend once who told me that my resume looked like a Berlin roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all of our German friends out there. No, no, that's, that's very true. Uh, you know, born and raised in Ontario, in a in a small town in Ontario, Sarnia, Ontario, um, uh, and made my in my so my first career actually, I was a suit in and out of marketing firms around Canada, um, Ontario, uh, small stint in Montreal. That was more project work, and then eventually out to British Columbia, and uh, and I uh, I ended up in California. Um, basically to move down there to be with the lady who became my my uh wife um who's good no reason that's wife. exactly why i'm in california and not <laughs> right. chicago but continue <laughs> so um uh and and we're not you know we're no longer together i i uh uh so that that's <laughs> that there's that but um uh, but that's how i ended up um in California, I busted up my career in California. And after 25 odd years, Ken, it was just kind of, it was just time. Yeah. You know, I, I was not in California for 25, 26 years. 
um, because I hated it. I mean, that's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, the food, the wine, the people, um, uh, you know, just access to Lake Tahoe and driving down mm-hmm. to San Diego and, you know, and San Francisco is such a great city. And you know, there's, a, there's so much good in the state. So I did not leave to get out of Dodge. Sure. Um, it was just time for me, the Canadian boy, to go home. Yeah. Um, it's the, the story with that is. Thank you for listening to part one of our conversation with Dave Robertson. Part two will be available next week uh, on the next episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. Thank you for listening or watching, and we'll be back with you soon. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.